0: The Clark County Council has been in the news in the last week when Chair Quiring stated that she did not believe that there was systemic racism in Clark County. Today, we have Clark County Councilor Temple Lentz to discuss leadership in these historic times. Welcome back, Councilor Lentz. Good morning. Good morning. It's so wonderful to hear your voice. Welcome back to X Ray thank you it's good to be with you listeners may remember that you used to cover news from the couve it's true it's been a while (laughs) it hasn't today you have more news for us from the couve you've been involved in the community as a volunteer and as a board member what inspired you to run as a county counselor um
1: so i ran in 2018 so i'm in the middle of my second year Mm -hmm. and uh Prior to that, I had worked on write, writing our new count, our home rule charter to change our, our system of government here in the county uh, to something a little bit more representative and a little bit more modern, and going through that process of working on uh, drafting that charter and then putting it forward to the voters and uh, selling it, and it passed uh, with a large majority, Um kind of made me more interested in continuing that work i wanted to run to help implement the charter and keep clark county ideally moving a little bit forward
0: Mm, i love that now sometimes we create change from the inside sometimes we we push on change from the outside what has been what has been uh what have been some of your proudest accomplishments in your term as a county counselor so far You know,
1: um, one of the things that I am learning is that government does take a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody, one of our state senators here told me that some of the, it wasn't so much advice, but one of the best comments that she got was uh, from a mentor when she first ran, was that if you really want to achieve anything in government and elected office, you need to be prepared to stick it out for a while, Mm -hmm. because the wheels do move slowly. Um, So what I'm really working on and what I'm, proud of being able to bring to the council is, you know, currently I'm the only Democrat on a, on a board of five. And, uh, one of our members did recently switch just this year from Republican to nonpartisan, but otherwise, um, it's a much more conservative leaning board and, uh, I'm able to bring the perspective, a, a more progressive perspective to the board mm. and help move our conversations in that direction. Uh, So some of the things that we're talking about that may have been simply rubber stamped in the past now are getting more scrutiny or asking different questions. Uh, So I, I don't know necessarily that it's like, woo, you know, straight win, we got this, we got that. A lot of these things take a long time, but the conversation is starting to change. And for example, one of the things that we did just a few weeks ago uh, was we did pass a resolution that was unanimous uh, that Clark County would take meaningful and intentional steps to eliminate systemic racism, mm. taking a look internally and also at the larger community.
0: And what were there more specifics around that? How you plan to do that, or was just more an overall statement like, yeah, this is going to be a focus and we'll figure out those steps a little bit later? It's more, it's more the latter. Okay. Uh, you know, this resolution
1: is largely just a, a statement of intent in many ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Clark County, that's a big step forward. Uh, you know, it definitely came about in light of recent events, you know, all the protests we've seen since, uh, since George, George Floyd's murder, um, and wanting to let the community know that we do take it seriously. And mm-hmm. at least the majority of the Clark County Council Uh, understands that systemic racism is a problem and something we do need to address. And my hope in passing that resolution was that this gives us the groundwork.
0: Mm -hmm. Now
1: let's build the plan. We've stated our intent. Let's go forward and do the work.
0: And what were the mechanisms behind even getting to that public declaration that it will be a focus was that something that you proposed and moved forward was it someone else how did how did that statement come yeah. to pass
1: so happily we did have a uh, consensus among some of our council members that this was something that we wanted to state publicly and um and make a public commitment to and so it was a bit of a collaborative effort uh one of our counselors uh julie olson um, asked staff to write a draft for us, and then we spent some time kind of beating up the draft independently. Um, one of the additions that I made to the resolution was, you know, resolutions are, you know, where as this, whereas as that, and then now therefore, here's what we're going to do. Um, in the now therefore part, actually putting in language about taking meaningful action and and a thoughtful approach, so that instead of you know what could be perceived as an entirely empty resolution that just says we think racism is bad down with racism uh we say yeah it's bad down with racism but we're actually going to work on it mm. and that's something that now we can hold ourselves accountable to
0: and what was the date that that passed
1: that was i believe it was the 16th okay of uh june
0: okay and then the headlines of just last week, last Thursday, where that um, chair acquiring has stated that systemic racism doesn't exist in Clark County. So what happened between the 16th and your meeting last week? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: to be really uh, frank, I I can't speak to what's in her head. Sure. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, we're not close. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, she did sign that resolution. She did vote to approve it. So, um, I think we were all quite surprised by her statements, both, um, uh, the way she delivered them and what she delivered. I can't speak to what's going on with that, um, with that 180 on her Mm -hmm. part, but, uh, uh, Regardless, (laughs) Regardless, you know, yeah. <laughs> while it's while it's disturbing, um, the rest of the council is still on board,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, we're still gonna we're still gonna keep moving forward with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, with news media, that that sort of headline is just you know gold. It's it's a it's clickbait. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? How could how could an elected official not? Recognize and acknowledge systemic racism is happening everywhere, including in Clark County. Um, but, but to provide a little context, what was the conversation? Um, and I've, I've heard the the audio of, of your response and the exchange with with the chair. What was the topic that you all were discussing that then led to the statement that systemic racism doesn't isn't doesn't happen in Clark County? Sure. So
1: what we were discussing was that the week prior. Uh, Well, let me me go back even further. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2016, uh, our sheriff purchased a number of uh, the thin blue line flag stickers Mm -hmm. that have um, differing, people have differing interpretations of them uh, for folks who are very much uh, within the law enforcement community and enmeshed in that. It is a, you know... they claim it's a, it's a show of solidarity, especially for officers who've died in the line of duty. Um, as we've heard from uh, especially members of our black and brown communities, uh, that, is, that flag is also often aligned with um, denial of, rejection of, protest against uh, Black Lives Matter and other protests against police brutality. So there's a lot of division uh, depending on who you talk to, with those, uh, the sheriff bought those stickers um, to put on the backs of sheriff's vehicles. And at that time in 2016, um, nobody batted an eyelash. Nobody, he didn't. He didn't ask permission. He just went and did it. And um, members of the community did, uh, uh, you know, complain, say, "Hey, is that appropriate to be on the back of a sheriff's vehicle?" Um, but it it really went unheard, and. Uh, Most recently, though, the NAACP sent our sheriff a letter and copied members of the council and the county prosecutor um, outlining the reasons why uh, it's a problematic sticker to have on public vehicles and asking that they be removed. Mm -hmm. This was uh, that letter was sent on Thursday, the 18th, Mm -hmm. I believe. so also, two days after we passed our resolution saying we were going to do something about systemic <laughs> racism. And, uh, and also, um, the sheriff was scheduled to, we'd arranged for him to present at our local NAACP's Juneteenth event on the 20th uh, and talk about the sheriff's office and uh, relationships and, and what we can do moving forward. So um, that letter was sent. Uh, the sheriff, uh, to his credit, got the letter, Recognized, uh, recognized the moment that we're in and what the right thing to do should be. And on Friday, uh, started to order those stickers coming off of the backs of the cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, because there's a lot of cars and there's a lot of shifts, it's taken a while, but I think they're almost through getting them all off. Mm. And he then, in the, at the Juneteenth event, uh, shared that with the public and said, we are, we are doing that. Um, Then, the next week, last week, uh, because the letter from the NAACP was addressed to all of us, um, not just the sheriff, and because fleet vehicles are actually owned by the county under the purview of the county council, they're not really the sheriff's vehicles, uh, I felt that this letter from the NAACP merited a response. Mm -hmm. So, uh, drafted a support letter basically a letter saying that we supported the action the sheriff took we saw it as a good faith gesture to keep moving forward to be able to have open and honest discussions because those stickers are seen as a barrier to those discussions by many people in the community so by removing that barrier hopefully we can move forward and that's what the letter said Um, the rest of the council was very supportive of sending that letter and essentially ratifying uh, the actions of the sheriff to remove those stickers. But um, chair queering didn't agree with that.
0: Hmm. And so what comes next? Well, (laughs) we're
1: trying to figure figure that out. Um, We have a meeting today and I've been in conversations with folks from our YWCA from our NAACP chapter, also uh, our LULAC chapter and our Clark County Volunteers Law- Volunteer Lawyers Program, talking about how, you know, regardless of the chair's perspective, individual perspective, we know that others in the community may share that perspective as well. And so there's an opportunity here for education and interaction. And I think one of the first things we're going to move toward is some listening sessions to have members of our community who have experienced um, individual and systemic racism in our community come and talk with us about their experiences and the impacts these have. I mean, many people in our community, and I don't think Clark County is alone in this, have the great fortune of not having experienced racism you know if we get to walk around in white skin and we're surrounded largely uh, by people who look and sound just like us then we may be able to to have the great privilege of not experiencing that and in our very individualistic society uh, there's this sense that if something, if you, ha- <laughs> if you haven't directly experienced something, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And while I disagree with that perspective, a lot of people hold it. And this is an opportunity for us to reach out within the community and, and, and share experiences. So that's one of the first things I think we're going to be able to do. We're going to, um, we've just received a request from those organizations to hold listening sessions, and I'm going to talk with the council about that at our meeting today. Mm.
0: The exchange with the chair uh, was primarily the two of you. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And um, in hearing the exchange, like I was, I was, you know, on the edge of my seat with, <laughs> with every <laughs> with every word. And you brought such calm um, to the conversation, and allyship, um, and curiosity, which I think is something that. Uh, in a time of conflict is is always a as a good place to start trying to understand where the other person is coming from can you speak to sort of how you prepared yourself for that moment and even what was happening in that moment was your heart racing were you comfortable uh sort of putting yourself out there and challenging uh her in the in that moment
1: um, first, I really I want to say I really appreciate uh, all the stuff you just said. Um, uh, I would love to tell you that nah, I'm, I I got I got this. It was yeah. totally a piece of cake. It was great. Um, it was a very it was a it was a tense and awful situation. My cortisol levels were quite high that day. Um, I wasn't expecting that response from her. Um, she. She does have a demonstrated pattern of behavior of taking things uh, that she disagrees with to a much higher level than necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it wasn't new, but it was um, much more aggressive than the situation warranted, and so it was a bit of a surprise. Um, I, uh, I feel very strongly about this, and I've spent a good part of the last few years trying to educate myself. Mm-hmm. So that I can be a better ally and be a better leader in our community, and uh, I guess you know, <laughs> thankfully, I was just ready this is this is something that's very important to me, and it's very important to a lot of people in our community. and in order one of one of the biggest problems with the kinds of denial and what isms that we saw reflected in her half of that conversation is that when we head straight to denial, then what we do is we remove the opportunity to have the difficult discussion. Mm-hmm. And these discussions are hard, <laughs> especially if you, like me, have been in the, in, in the position of privilege for so long. It can be really hard, even if you know, like, no, I'm not actively going out and committing individual racist acts, but I have benefited from a system that um, was designed um, to benefit me over people with darker colored skin than me. Mm -hmm. But until we acknowledge that, we can't effectively change it. Mm -hmm. And that's tough. Um, it's uncomfortable, and you need to be able to learn to sit in your discomfort. Thankfully, um, sitting through public meetings, you learn to sit through a lot of discomfort. <laughs> so.
0: Noted. Noted. And so as you look at what comes next, listening sessions are, are one of those pieces. Um, what, as you envision the role for the county, and we're talking about Clark County, um, what, what sort of policy initiatives or what do you see as some of the ways that the, the council can show leadership around racial justice and liberation?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I feel very strongly that whatever initiatives we undertake should come up through the community, mm. that uh, these need to be uh, ideas and, and initiatives that aren't just us sitting around a table saying, here's a good idea, what do you think about that? But that we really are reflecting the voice and needs of the community. So I do think things like listening sessions, task force, not because we need to drive this thing into endless conversation, but because we do need to make sure that the right people are at the table making these recommendations. Mm -hmm. Some of the places that I think we can start to look at, I mean, there's some things like Clark County is one of the largest employers within Clark County. So within our own organization, we need to set the example. And there's a lot of work we have to do. We have a diversity and equity and inclusion committee, but they've um, largely been hamstrung, haven't been able to really be effective over the last few years, not because of their own lack of desire or ability, but just because the, the county system hasn't allowed it. Uh, we need to take a look at our own policies. We need to apply an equity lens to all of our hiring and internal practices. When we put policies forward, we need to ask these equity questions. That's an area where we can start to work and make sure that we're, we have a workplace that is modeling the kind of things that we want to see in the larger community. And then, of course, the county is also responsible for uh, the sheriff's office and our courts and jail. And nationally, we know that law enforcement courts and jail are definitely places where systemic racism is in practice and harming people. And I believe that the x-ray audience already gets this, but I want to be clear to say that that doesn't necessarily mean that people are at work every day trying to hurt people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's an understanding that we need to start to get away from. But our system is not designed with equity in mind. And we need to start to rethink that. And that's gonna be tough. These are all different elected branches. They're all pretty siloed. uh, But we're going to have to start to have these conversations and analyze what we're doing. Look at data, look at practices, and start to chip away at this so that we can bring more equity to our justice system. I think that's really one of the biggest areas for Clark County just because that is The jail courts and uh, sheriff's office are a huge part of our budget. The Clark County Council doesn't have policy uh, authority over those departments, but we do control the budget. So when it comes time to talk about how we're going to make changes, that that is our lever to be able to talk with the other departments about what are we going to do to move the needle on this.
0: And so those are a lot of really big systems to move, as you just said. Yes. As you think about your individual role as an elected official, like how do you, how do you start each day? <laughs> I mean, like how do how do you not not get lost in the overwhelming nature of creating systemic change that will last for the generations that follow us? Yeah. Right. No pressure. Um. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> um. You know, it's.
1: I think we always need to keep the big picture in mind and remember that this is going to take a long time and that every small step is a piece of the larger action. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I try to work on is what are small actionable steps we can take that help us in service of that larger goal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're not able to close the book on that every single day But kind of what can we do to start to, you know, start to check things off in our approach on achieving those larger goals? Like, for example, will a listening session in and of itself solve systemic racism in Clark County? Not a chance. But will it put us one step further along the path of understanding what we're up against in order to develop a plan to attack it?
0: Mm.
1: And yes, I believe it will. And what's key is actually is that coming back every single day. With our news cycles being like what thirty seconds at this point, um, it's so easy to just sort of drop something after it's no longer hot. Right. And the key to real equity work is showing up every single day and doing
0: the work. Hmm. We're talking to Clark County Councilor Temple Lentz. Councilor Lentz, how can folks who are listening best support your work for racial equity up in Clark County? You know, um,
1: let us hear from you. Something that I've been saying since uh, since day one that I got elected was that we really do need to hear from the community. Often, uh, elected offices, you know, we don't we usually don't hear from folks unless they're pissed at us for something. Mm-hmm. And I get it. <laughs> um, uh, but one of the one of the biggest tools that we have when wanting to talk about policy and change is this is something our community has said we want. And so when we hear from the community, we're able to say, okay, this needs to move forward. And there are going, I don't know what they are yet because we're still in the, in the beginning of this, but there are going to be opportunities for individuals to weigh in. There's always the opportunity to send us email and call us. And once we get through whatever stage of COVID we're in, hopefully come and see us in person again. Um, But there will also be opportunities to, come and give us uh, your opinions and perspectives as we move forward. I do see that we will have committees and task forces that I want to have, my goal will be for them to not simply be uh, ceremonial, but that they'll actually have some teeth and they'll be making making recommendations that the council can move forward with. And um, we do broadcast our meetings. Our website is clark.wa.gov and that's also where you can reach all of us via email. And let us know. I mean, after, um, after George Floyd was killed, we did start to hear from people immediately about the 8 Can't Wait initiative, about what are we doing to ensure that something like that doesn't happen here. Mm. And the fact of the matter is that it probably will, just statistically, but what can we do now <laughs> to, to, to try to shore it up, to try to start to attack any systemic racism police brutality, whatever it is, in our system now so that we are better equipped for it later.
0: Hmm. Temple Lentz is counselor in Clark Clark County. Temple, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Have a good day, and thanks for all you're doing. You too. Thanks.